0: From the Alex Rebecca stage at Sony Picture Studios, this is Inside Jeopardy!
1: Hello and welcome back to Inside Jeopardy! Your exclusive and official podcast destination for all things happening in the world of Jeopardy! I'm Sarah Foss and I'm joined today in the pod by the fantastically... Fashionable Buzzy Cohen.
0: Well, thank you for having me, Sarah. I'm a little disappointed that our own bongo man, mm. Michael Peterson Davies, couldn't join us. You know, he kinda called out that he did not hear bongos in that version, but of course, true Jeopardy fans would know that I was referencing the big drums added to the GOAT ah,
1: theme. Okay. Okay. I don't really think of those as bongos. No, they're, but not. they're not. I'll go with that. As you heard me say on the pod, I'm a little sad that I haven't been given an instrument. Nor have like, I. What do you picture me playing?
0: Um, you're the conductor. Oh, You're there running we go. the show. Okay. okay, all right. The maestro.
1: There we go. The maestro. Maestro Foss. I feel Sarah it. Sarah Foss. I feel it. Well, I hope you had a great Valentine's Day last week.
0: I did, although I was surprised to log into um, Twitter.com and see some of our fans create some interesting and exciting and I will say fun Valentine's content.
1: Yes, of course, our social and digital team did the more official Jeopardy! Valentines featuring Sam Buttrey's, you know, I'd wager the maximum amount permitted by law on you. I actually caught up with Sam this week, and he loved it, no surprise. He thought, you know, not only have you made it when you get invited to Masters, but when you get your own Valentine, you really have made it. So those were kind of the more official ones. Ken's, of course, said, you're the goat in my heart. Amy said, you make me feel like 1382800 bucks." But then there were the off-brand ones. Yes. And thank you, Satara underscore 99 on Twitter. I got a Valentine's so yes, did you, you. Yeah.
0: Yes. I think I actually got two.
1: Oh, well, but, post-counting, I got yeah. one. Um, but I, I got, I'd be clueless <laughs> without you, Valentine. Yeah, I
0: got the let's make it a two-day total point of fare. Uh, there was, a, I forget what the other one was, and it was like a picture that had been pulled off of Instagram of me. I, I was mentioning to our podcast producer, Alexa, earlier that I think this actually started around All-Stars when all the All-Star captains mm-hmm. had uh, Valentine's made. But interestingly enough, back in, what was that, 2019? Yes. When All-Stars happened, we were not alerted that that was going to happen. So I just <laughs> woke up on Valentine's Day and... And I realized, hey, maybe I should take a closer look at those name and likeness rights I granted to Jeopardy, Ooh. huh? Next time.
1: Hey, you know what? It's, it's, all, <laughs> it's all for the greater good. All in good Because we fun. just want to promote people, whether it's on Valentine's Day or any day.
0: And before we move on, uh, today is actually President's Day. So I have a question for you. I know you love it when I do not prep you with the question, Sarah. I love it so much. Who is your favorite president?
1: Well... Did you know that both of my children are named after presidents? I did know that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So people always ask me, did I name my children? I have a daughter named Taylor after Zachary Taylor and a daughter named Reagan, Ronald Reagan. People always want to know, like, was it driven by them being my favorites? And honestly, I just really like the names.
0: So you've dodged the question, though. Mm -hmm. Who is your favorite president?
1: I got to go with Lincoln.
0: You're going with Lincoln. I love Lincoln.
1: Yeah, it's a classic. Honest Abe. Yeah. Honest Abe. Yep. How about you?
0: Uh, That is a really personal question. I thank you to respect my privacy.
1: (laughs) I actually almost named Reagan Lincoln. Really? Yes. In the hospital, we still had no name. Uh, There was an app. By the time I had my second child, uh it was like Tinder. You would like you and your husband, or in your case, your wife, both get on it, and you swipe left or right depending on if you like names. And then when there are matches, and Lincoln was a match for us, that's such a good way to do it. And uh, also Reagan was. So there you have it, my presidential.
0: Could have been named after a car, and, too. Um, birth story. Yeah. Amazing.
1: Now, another thing that's really been catching on, on the world wide web, if you will, is our announcement. Last week on the pod, Michael Davies talked with Ike Barinholtz. He accepted Michael's invitation to compete in the 2023 Tournament of Champions. Lots of people. Yeah. Lots of feelings about this.
0: Of course. You know, you surprised. got everyone
1: from Luigi de Guzman, who will be in that TOC. Yeah. He's one of four in the syndicated season who was already qualified. He says, heck yeah, welcome to the Jeopardy TOC, Ike Baronholtz, But then we had a lot of people yeah. who wanted to, to bring up the fact. They're thinking, you know, we're putting Ike in this TOC. He's going to take away a spot from an earning regular player. Hey, everyone, I just want to remind you, the TOC is an annual event now. It used yep. to be. That we would just kind of play until we had enough people to bring us to a field of 15, and then we would host the TOC. That's not happening anymore. It is an annual event. Keep in mind, we had a field of 21 contestants last year. We're up to, with Ike, five. Yeah. So I want people to know (laughs) the the people who deserve and earn a spot in this year's TOC, they will get it, and none of those spots will be taken away. By Ike Barinholtz.
0: I mean, as you're saying, it used to be every one and a half to two years-ish, yes. and there would be 15 people. Now, it's every year you're getting 21 slots. And I, or,
1: or not 21.
0: Or not 21. I mean, that's the who thing. Who knows? Producers'
1: discretion. We want the best contestants there could playing be, in the TOC.
0: Mathematically, we could have a field of, hold on, 81. We could have a field we of could. 81.
1: Yep. People are also, you know, quick to say, Mike may not fare so well in the TOC. Well, guess what? It's Ike himself who is saying, I may get clobbered, but how about the fact that he wants to get in there and compete? You know, he's part of Learned League. He auditioned for the regular show. He wants his shot, but he's in no way, you know, coming in cocky, like, hey, I'm going to take this whole thing.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's all it's a game. It's a game, and I think Ike really enjoys the game. He wants to play. He wants to have fun. He wants to do a good job. And also, there are people in the past who have said, oh, the college tournament people shouldn't... We have a lot of college tournament people who have made it to the finals. Uh, Teachers tournament people say it's not at the same level as the regular season. Colby Colby Burnett Burnett won. Uh, I almost didn't make it into the finals against Jason Sterlachy, who was a teachers tournament winner. So I think this is a great experiment. We're going to see how good this celebrity champion really is
1: yeah and i just think anyone who loves this show the way that ike does will take it as seriously as possible he's not looking at this as some celebrity you know show event like he wants to compete because he loves jeopardy not some version of jeopardy he loves the jeopardy he's been watching since he was a kid so i I think it's a great
0: i'd love to coach him I'd love. To, I, All I right. See, I
1: know he already received help. I know from Andy, Andy Wood. Would.
0: Yep, he sure did. And and some other people. I'm just saying, like I see him so much, so much potential. You know, yeah. as somebody who really loves this game, so much potential that could. Man, we could. I just want to take him to the next level. I'd love. I'd love to coach him to win.
1: All right, you heard it here first. Ike Baronholtz Buzzy Cohen, <laughs> you are his Rocky, yes, and exactly. he just wants to take you to the next exactly. to the next level. I'll be your Mickey. All right. Well, just a quick reminder again, tonight is the kickoff of our high school reunion tournament. So that is going to run for the next three weeks. We've done something really special. We've put up all of their original episodes because, as you remember, the contestants that are competing in the high school reunion tournament initially competed in season 35. We had two teen tournaments that year because we had this incredible field of students. So you can go back on our YouTube channel You can watch all of their original episodes, see how they performed then, and tune in today to start seeing how they're going to perform now. It's so fun to take a look at how much they've evolved in just a few short years. And Michael Davies was so impressed because, again, he's always talking about our player development, our young champions, our, you know, you look at Mateo Roach and how good they were in their initial run. And now, how much better will they be as they get older, as they learn more? Well, these... Kids, kids, I call yeah, them kids.
0: young people.
1: These students or yes. recent graduates are Ag- just a these really.
0: adults. G- recent adults. Is that a word? It's called. Are, with are it. they? Okay.
1: These recent adults. <laughs> oh yeah, it feels wrong. It feels wrong. <laughs> are a great reflection of how much you can learn in just a few short years. And I think all of them really represented that so well so i can't wait to get into that but right now we've got to get into the recap so let's
0: cue the beep factors ready to eat meals make eating better every day easy when my schedule gets busy it's nice to have pre-prepared chef created and dietitian approved meals delivered right to my door with over 35 different options a week to choose from and over 55 nutrition packed add-ons make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy with factor plus Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com Jeopardy50 and use code Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. That's code Jeopardy50 at factormeals.com Jeopardy50 to get 50% off.
1: We hear from so many interesting people on this podcast about their love for learning, What if you could learn from the world's best all in one place? You can with Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Masterclass is the only streaming platform where you can learn and grow with over 200 of the world's best for just $10 a month. And you can access Masterclass on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even in audio mode. Confidently navigate the media with the influential, intellectual Noam Chomsky. Use science to solve your problems with Bill Nye. Or learn from the past with Pulitzer Prize-winning historian Doris Kearns Goodwin. I personally enjoy James Clear's class that is helping me build smarter habits to help tackle daily challenges. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at Masterclass.com Jeopardy. That's 15% off at Masterclass.com Jeopardy. Masterclass.com. Slash Jeopardy. Oops. All right. On Monday, Mira Hayward returned to compete against Jeff Payne and Kendra Westerhouse. This was a close Jeopardy round. All three players ended within $800 of each other. Kendra going in with just that small lead. I have to say one of my favorite moments from the Jeopardy round was TV catchphrases for 1,000. It was a clue about Mork. This double-talk Orkin sign-off. What is Nanu Nanu? And then all of a sudden we go to break, and Ken does his best Nanu Nanu. He grabbed his ears and everything.
0: Incredibly impressive. I have to say I was excited to see Mira. was hoping Mira might go on a little bit of a longer run. Yeah. It was just like, you know, there are these people that you just can tell they're having a good time. Just so genuine. I also loved when she had spoken in her contestant interview about appearing on the Antiques Roadshow as an even younger person. Um and the Was Antiques...
1: she a recent adult back then? No, she was a child.
0: <laughs> but the Antiques Roadshow posted the video. They're like, we remember you. And they posted that video of her. It was very, very sweet.
1: Yes, even in her interview, you know, in Monday's Game, when she thanked her boss at the podcast that she writes for at Noble Blood, saying, thank you for giving me the opportunity to write a random episode that worked for Jeopardy. I love when things happen just out of the blue. Yeah. Obviously couldn't have expected that she would have known about that. Uh, in this game, though, Double Jeopardy, another tight round, seven, eight, and nine correct responses for all three of our players. Everyone with a five-digit score at the end of Double Jeopardy, that's always a sign of a great game and a really yep. good competition. But it was Kendra who had that lead going into final with the help of a late daily double.
0: Yeah, Kendra converting on both those daily doubles in the Double Jeopardy round to have a just a small lead over Mira and Jeff, but she was able to convert on Final Jeopardy and The rest, as they say, is history. So Kendra is now our champion going into Tuesday's game against Lauren Bell and Blaine Smith.
1: Kendra got off to a slow start, but she found a daily double, strung together enough correct responses to take that small lead, heading into Double Jeopardy. Double Jeopardy more of the same. She found both daily doubles late in the round. Now, she missed the first one, but then she earned back $2,000 on the second one. Blaine, in second place, he battled his way through the round, narrowly avoiding the runaway. Kendra gets the last clue. She's got exactly double Blaine's score. We're thinking Final Jeopardy is going to be interesting, but it's not.
0: It's not interesting. (laughs) Yeah, there there are all these mathematical models about, you know, when second place has exactly half or two-thirds and all that stuff. So there's a lot of interesting game theory stuff to be had here. Uh, Kendra making an interesting call here with a zero dollar wager yeah Um, she
1: said that she thought it'd be fun to go into sudden death wow yeah (laughs) you know who didn't think it would be fun blaine
0: blaine did not think it would be fun (laughs) he just
1: didn't want to win
0: yeah you know blaine's in a tough position you bet it all and you either go into a sudden death or you lose by a dollar or you go down to zero and you're finishing in third place
1: right so at this point at least he goes home with two thousand dollars yep all right, now we do have to point out, Kendra wrote Halley's Comet with just one L. Ken commented on it, but remember, if it doesn't change the pronunciation, and half the people call it Halley's Comet anyway, uh, we still accept it. So that's the reasoning behind that. Also want to point out in Double Jeopardy, there was a clue, the ghost of Tom Jode for 1200, looking at a Hudson Super 6, named for its six of these, feel the presence of the Jodes who converted one into a truck and piled in we were going for a six cylinder engine Um, lauren did respond with what are pistons we did stop down for this we did discuss it but it wasn't named for the pistons it was named for the six cylinder so just want you to know we thought about it too we did the research we stopped down and we were confident that we came up with the correct response on that one all right, moving on to Wednesday with Kendra going for her third win, this time facing Stephen Webb and Jason Carpenter.
0: Steven really, you know, took a while to get going, although did get that daily double in the Jeopardy round. Really made the move with that second daily double in Double Jeopardy, a $7,000 daily double to go into a six, basically $6,000 lead and getting final correct. Uh, A very well-played game by Steven.
1: And another game with great scores from all three of our players heading into double jeopardy. So this was was tough competition for whoever came out ahead. You know, people on Reddit seemed to love Steven. They called him relatable, likable. He himself responded on Reddit, thanks. I was basically terrified the whole time. And then Kendra followed up with, I can vouch for this. Steven was shaking but still killing it on the buzzer.
0: Yeah, I think that is, even as a contestant, (laughs) that's a pretty relatable experience. I likened my first time being on the show as to... Uh, trying to answer questions while being on Splash Mountain or like a roller coaster. or something Wow. Like that. Yeah. Which
1: I know you love roller coasters love. and Splash Mountain, but I don't know if I'd want to play Jeopardy while, exactly. while doing that. Exactly.
0: So. There is a certain tight grippedness to it, but Steven comes out victorious and is our champion going into Thursday's game where he faces Ally Miller and Brad Weinstock.
1: Oh, and Brad Weinstock. Guess whose book he used to prepare
0: he, yeah, he, re- <laughs> he posted on Instagram that he used my book to prepare. And I thought that was very sweet. And I actually sent him a DM on Friday, just saying what, you know, a great game he played, and that I hope the book helped. And he said it really did help him get his head and his heart in the right place. Because he was, you know, he was like, it wasn't, I wasn't having fun preparing. And I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. And I think, you know, he said it really helped with his mindset. You know, I just want to say, even though he did not win, he really played a great game out there.
1: Well, when I think of you, Buzzy, I also think of someone whose head and heart is always in the game Aww. of life.
0: That's Thank my you. Valentine
1: for you. Um, in the Jeopardy round, Steven was dominating. He had a perfect 13 for 13 correct responses, an early true daily double. He comes into double Jeopardy, another perfect round, nine for nine. Brad split the two daily doubles and was just out of reach, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Despite all that knowledge.
0: It's hard to be up against a competitor like Steven who finishes the Jeopardy round with ten thousand two hundred. I yeah, think I I think, lo- yeah, I think a lot of people <laughs> finish double Jeopardy uh in first place with ten thousand two hundred right. and then more than doubles that again in double jeopardy, finishing with a runaway without hitting a Either of the daily doubles in the double Jeopardy round. This is a strong player. This is one to watch, I'd say.
1: One to watch. We head into Friday's game. Stephen going for his third win against Laura Donigan and Will Travis. Yes, I know you're thinking, Donigan, Donigan. Mm. I've heard that name. Not only is Laura Donigan the mother of Kristen Donigan, who competed <gasps> in the JNCC. But she's also the mother of Kira Donegan, who competed in the syndicated show and was a one-day champion with a total of $27,601. This is some good genetics right here.
0: This is a real family affair. And looking at her score, Laura, a little bit of a slow Jeopardy round, but the but problem... But a close round, a,
1: even with a champion like Stephen.
0: And I would say the Steven's the problem here, if you're uh, <laughs> Laura or Will. I hate to say it. but let's look at the problem. Let's look at the problem. Stephen also getting that first daily double and converting hugely on it. Once again, another runaway.
1: Yeah, he heads into double jeopardy. He ends up with science for $1,200. It's a daily double. Ken says, as a scientist, will you wager big here? <laughs> yes, he will. He bets it all. He is correct. Just a reminder, folks, all of our games are prepared completely independent of any of the contestants who are competing. Luck of the draw there. Not that Steven needed the luck in this game, but he does as you say. Get a runaway. Will was actually the only one who was correct in final.
0: And if Will had had different luck on that second daily double, we would be looking at a 19,400 and getting final correct, we would have a new champion, but Steven finishes the week as a three-day champion and gets to uh, take a little break as we go into our high school reunion. I think
1: it's great for Steven. You know, he gets to be a reigning Jeopardy! champion for a few weeks. That doesn't usually happen unless there is a summer hiatus. That happened to me. It did happen to you. It did happen to me, yeah. Yeah, we just got to keep your run going. Yeah. We got to wait for it to continue.
0: I went to Las Vegas in the middle of of like in that hiatus and, okay. and did some gambling and, and uh, was recognized a little bit, it was kind of fun.
1: Those were the early days of your recognition. Exactly. Of course, it's only increased now.
0: I think it's decreased now, actually. But we can talk about that on another podcast, Inside Buzzy's uh, Insecurity.
1: All right. That's coming up um, soon. But for now, as we mentioned, high school reunion tournament, Maya Mbialik is back in syndication for the first time this season. So she'll be on today. Stephen will return along with Ken Jennings on March 10th in syndication. We're looking forward to seeing if Stephen's streak can continue. Got your happy price price line
0: Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food like is Sarah Paulson a diet coke or a regular coke girlie <laughs> some peasant coke no Odd manufacturer 963 on reddit asks if there's a two-day tournament with cumulative scoring like at the end of a typical toc why is this person avoiding saying a two-day total point affair but okay Mm -hmm. and one player finishes the double jeopardy round with a negative score unlikely i know but not impossible does that get deducted from what they score on the other day or is it just zeroed out
1: it is zeroed out
0: Oh. Yeah, the
1: only time we've actually seen this in the past was in Goat, right? A certain Brad Rutter, unable to my have fellow a chaser, positive score, and we really hope that doesn't happen in the future because it's, it's no well, fun I for think anyone. If,
0: I think if Michael Davies has his way, the two-day total point affair might be a thing of the past.
1: Mm. I don't know. It's finding its way and some of our plans. For-
0: mm. See, I know nothing. That's how you know. they. I really know nothing about what's going on the show. But I love it. I just love saying it. And yeah, it is a rarity. I feel like there is an interesting game theory aspect to it, though, where it's like if you're going down, maybe you just start guessing like crazy. because Go down, cause hard. Who, go down yeah. hard. If it's going to get zeroed out, negative 100 or negative 15,000 doesn't make a difference.
1: Well, I will say the high school reunion tournament features a 2-day total point affair.
0: Ah, I'm excited.
1: And I'm just going to tease that it does not disappoint.
0: I know that Michael likes the kind of playoff approach, but there is something, there's some drama that can happen in a 2-day tournament. It total has form.
1: its place. Like like yeah. all things, I think there is a place where this is the right format for certain things.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, moving along, Jackie asks When a contestant lands on a Daily Double, how much time are they allowed to decide how much to wager? Wagering is a tricky business. How do you manage a contestant that's having a hard time making a decision?
1: Well, we don't have a specific amount of time set aside for the actual wagering. You know, we we lean on our hosts to kind of push them along. You'll hear Ken or Mayim say so-and-so, I I need a wager, you know, so we kind of push them along. The clue has not been revealed, so you're not giving an advantage in terms of responding correctly. Now, once the clue is revealed in a daily double, you have eight seconds. So that is a timed period. You have eight seconds to give your response in a daily double. But in terms of your wagering, obviously, we're not going to let you stay up there for five minutes and think about your life's history before you make a wager. But we'll give you some time, and our host will kind of push our contestants along to make that wager in a timely manner.
0: Yes, my my friend and former adversary, I guess, Alan Lynn, very famously yes. would be up there I and he, about that. he would calculate how much money was left on the board and do all kinds of math and it was like they they edited it down a lot for T V because you know that's a part that yeah, the, the but editors. to
1: watch him while he did it and the way his eye line would shift, I had forgotten about that. that yeah, was...
0: I think the uh, s- the social media team had fun, like with sort of the meme of the math. Uh, yeah, you know, flying what around is his head. going
1: on in Alan's head?
0: I I I have trouble doing just basic math. I've ch- I chose clues <laughs> that I had already answered on the board, so the fact that he could do that just unbelievable.
1: Well, many contestants say the math is the scariest part of Jeopardy.
0: Yeah, I forget. Uh,
1: the knowledge, it's the math.
0: I was on the chase and I messed up a question because I did the math wrong and I said I thought I had it in my contract. No math on TV. And whatever happens going forward, that will be in my contracts. All you right. You heard it here first. You heard it here first and last. That is it for today's show. As we mentioned, we'll be back next week to discuss the first five quarterfinal games of the very exciting high school reunion tournament, which will culminate in a two day total point affair. It
1: will. You won't want to miss it. And as always, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate us, leave us a comment. Comment, share across social and follow us at Jeopardy on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and on TikTok. And send us your questions to Inside Jeopardy Podcast at gmail.com. We'll see you all next week.
0: Grab that drum, Michael.